If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, The Rules of the Road, Part 2. And before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey wrote 24 volumes of literature. And those 24 volumes are the, ma- are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from Alice Bailey. The wisdom which expresses relationship to God, the rules of the road, which guide our wandering footsteps back to the Father's home, and the teaching which brings revelation have ever been the same down the ages and are identical with that which Christ taught. This body of inner truths and this wealth of divine knowledge have existed since time immemorial. Do the rules of the road apply to everybody? And if so, how can they when we're all different? They apply to everyone when each of us is ready. And uh, they apply when we are ready to apply them to ourselves. We could say it's a self-accepted form of testing that we willingly, on the soul level, undergo and submit to. And um, interestingly, yes, these rules are ancient. The Outer fine points may vary with the particular time and um, the developments within human evolution, but the essentials of the rules of the road are the same because we human beings are far more alike than we are different, especially on a spiritual level. There are certain fundamental components about the 
spiritual evolution of the human being that are invariable, that transcend uh, culture, religion, gender, race, because the human soul is one, as we have talked many times, and that unity is found in the requirements for treading the spiritual path. And perhaps I should point out these rules of the road concern the spiritual path, not how one drives on the highway. Although there are certain parallels, but that's a divergence, I guess. Um, The rules of the road are the requirements six in number for the unfoldment of the soul. And people might wonder why there are rules and why there are stages or increments, as we talked last time. There um, are repeated spirals of retesting. It's the same in any educational program, isn't it? We don't just enter kindergarten and then find ourselves seniors in high school. We are tested and um, examined at every stage of the way over a period of 12 years in the traditional educational system. And so it is for the soul. Periodically we are tested and, and examined for sincerity, for common sense, for harmlessness, for group consciousness, for unselfishness, and um, these rules concern all of those developments and much more. Right. Those are the conditions that one finds on the road are those mostly created by ourselves, actually, the, uh, and, and down through the ages, uh, the um, great masters of the wisdom have all gone through this same process Mm -hmm. and uh, that's why we have the rules because they have gone on and they have devised these rules and uh, encountered these rules and they've been written down because this is what exactly what they encountered on the way and to um, the, the oneness with the soul and so the, they've written down these rules and they've, as a help to us who mm-hmm. come behind them, to um, find our way. And, but they are the same problems that they had that we face today and the same, the same conditions on the road that um, are kind of self-created. The same illusion, uh, same glamours and the same illusions, etc. And the rules also are uh, self-created, we could say, or self-imposed. They're not imposed on one by some arbitrary board of directors or whatever. They are willingly imposed by the soul, which is our higher self. And the soul knows the time when we are ready to undergo this this testing. It doesn't happen until one is ready to... um, meet the tests, and if one fails, one always gets another chance. But um, these rules cannot be avoided or omitted or evaded, Um, and they are certainly essential points that we discussed last week. Maybe we can review them again today. The first rule says, the road is trodden in the full light of day, thrown upon the path by those who know and lead. Naught can then be hidden. And at each turn upon that road, a man must face himself. A second rule, upon the road, the hidden stands revealed. Each sees and knows the villainy of each. And yet there is with that great revelation no turning back, no spurning of each other, no shakiness upon the road. The road goes forward into day. 
We discussed those rules at some length last time, but there are four more, and the third one is interesting. Upon that road one wanders not alone. There is no rush, no hurry, and yet there is no time to lose. Each pilgrim, knowing this, presses his footsteps forward and finds himself surrounded by his fellow men. Some move ahead, he follows after. Some move behind, he sets the pace. He travels not alone. So often spiritual people who are intent on awakening spiritually become kind of wrapped up in themselves and in their problems and their questions and the tests and trials of the spiritual path and they can imagine that they're quite alone, especially if their family and friends aren't particularly supportive or interested. It can be lonely. But it is also a fact on the spiritual path that we are in the company of countless fellow travelers like ourselves who are undergoing the same tests and experiences and resolving the same questions. Yes, that feeling of aloneness, in fact, is one of the tests that the disciple or the aspirant has to face, and uh, that's one of the one of the illusions mm-hmm. that he has to he encounters right you know, quite often because you may be the only one in your family or the only one in your community for that matter who uh, is really taking the the rules of discipleship uh, seriously and you begin to apply and you begin to study and re- read the Alice Bailey materials <laughs> the Alice Bailey <laughs> books and highly recommend it and uh, yes and then uh, but you, you're there by yourself. Nobody, you can't talk to anybody because they don't know what you're talking about, and they may even be suspicious of what you're trying to say. So you feel kind of left out there in left field by yourself, and uh, that's one of the tests to realize that you're really not alone because there are uh, hundreds, thousands of you just like you in the world. And yet, getting together with all of them, if you could which you can't, um, and sharing all of your thoughts and listening to them really wouldn't solve anything. It would give you a sense of companionship, but you can find that same sense of companionship if you meditate on a regular basis because the subjective interrelationship of the spiritual community is real and doesn't require outer meetings to affirm itself. And as far as talking and commiserating with each other and enlightening each other, that just doesn't work. We have to teach ourselves. We have to train ourselves. Why? Because I guess that's the only way we learn, by self-engendered training and uh, mistakes and learning from them and vowing to do better. It's just the nature of of spiritual unfoldment. The... um, The reference to the fact that there is no rush, no hurry, and yet there is no time to lose is interesting to me. There's a wonderful phrase, make haste slowly, that applies to the spiritual path. Make haste slowly. In other words, all do speed, but don't be crazy about it because you will simply have to go back and repeat the steps that you thought you could skip or pass over too quickly. There's no um, purpose in rushing blindly forward because 
again, the lessons learned are incremental and one has to put down deep roots of spiritual understanding and those come with time and with, what, application, with uh, measured effort. But at the same time, you can't dilly-dally. No, and you also have to realize that maybe the people around you are also on this path, but they just are expressing it a little differently. Mm -hmm. Because eventually, every human being in the world has gone through, is going through now, or will go through in the future, this process of the path, of the road. Because all the roads lead to the same source. There's one road, really. And uh, so even though you may feel alone, uh, you, all the people around you are on their path in, in their own time, in their own way. There's another interesting point about this rule, that each of us has to find our own way home in the sense of returning to the Father's house. And we have to turn within ourselves and awaken our own inner light within ourselves. That light is turned on by our own effort, not by somebody else shining the light upon our way for us. And yet, another paradox of the spiritual path is that no individual makes spiritual progress without helping to lift the way, light the way, lift the burden for everyone who follows behind. And I don't know if we realize that the spiritual path we tread today has deep ruts, you could say, created by the countless individuals, beings who made their spiritual path before us. And therefore the way is just that much easier. There is no way to describe what we owe those who have gone ahead, the teachers and great masters who have broken the trail for us and laid down these rules are an in, in, immeasurable help to us. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, our topic for today, The Rules of the Road, Part 2. We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the book entitled The Golden Thread by Natalie Banks, a longtime student of Alice Bailey, and uh, the discount comes in the form of free shipping and handling and uh, you re I think you'd really like this book if you're enjoying this show about the rules of the road and uh, uh, about the ancient wisdom and our relationship to God. Uh, you might like this book because uh, it's a brief but remarkably expansive view of the ageless wisdom and it traces its origins to ancient world religions and myths, both of the East and the West, and its a de development throughout history. Uh, this book is an excellent introduction to The Ageless Wisdom, as written in the 24 books by Alice Bailey. So what you need to do if you want to take advantage of the offer is to send a check or money order, $6, to Lucis Publishing Company. Lucis is L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005, and mention that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. And by the way, all of our Inner Sight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. 
Uh, on the home page, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for, uh, for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. So once again, if you want to key into the website, it's www.lucistrust.org. Lucis is L-U-C-I-S. Is L-U-C-I-S. It's www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website also. You can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. If you need to get in contact with us uh, for any reason whatsoever, if you'd like a general package of information or whatever reason you might have, give us a call on our toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it, one 866 NY Lucis. Think of one eight six six New York Lucis. Uh, I was thinking, uh, from what I understood, uh, it seems like everyone is, on one level or another, on the uh, path to rediscovering the divine consciousness within us. Uh, uh, are, are we all on that path? Is that what is that uh, what you're saying? I'm not sure that everyone is, because there is an involutionary path as well as an evolutionary path, and there, as I understand it are people who are still busily intent on treading the involutionary path that leads deeper and deeper into matter. It is an educational path, and it will eventually cause these souls to turn around, and like the prodigal son, when he was satiated with his life of indolence and and, um, the pleasures of the flesh, so to speak, he came to his senses and said, I will arise and go to my father. And he did a 180 degree turn in his life. But what I think is interesting is that you have to make that decision yourself. Nobody can do it for you. And I think there are people who are still quite intent on exploring the deeper reaches of materialism and uh, emotional materialistic, physical plane, comforts, and so on. The spiritual path is one that leads out of matter and toward the life of the spirit. And not everyone has voluntarily decided to tread that path yet. But I think all but the most benighted souls are undergoing an experience that is teaching, that is educating them. And sometimes even wrong decisions, as parents know very well, can be great lessons for children and we are all in that sense children some of our greatest lessons come from the mistakes we make the choices we make so is it wrong to be on this path away from uh, divine consciousness well, and into matter what do you think no I really don't think it's wrong I think it's part of evolvement somehow mm-hmm. in some way it's a stage yeah. and I'm sure if we consider ourselves spiritual beings who are treading the path of spiritual spiritual development, we can be sure that we spent lifetime after lifetime treading the path into matter, into materialism. Mm-hmm. I'm sure of it. I'm sure I know that way very well. So we shouldn't look down on anyone. Oh, right? no, no. No. We've all gone that way. And um, it's just a matter of when you get enough, you give it up, mm-hmm. like anything else. These rules of the road are, are so interesting because they are so human and they make us realize how how fundamental the lessons and experiences of the human um, experience are. 
the the fourth rule is is one that kind of touches me personally. Three things the pilgrim must avoid: the wearing of a hood, a veil which hides his face from others, the carrying of a water pot which holds only enough for his own wants, and the shouldering of a staff without a crook to hold. The group relationship of the spiritual path is touched on in this rule because we cannot imagine that we are doing it for ourselves alone for our own advancement we it violates a, a fundamental spiritual law to think you can just look after your own evolution and let everybody else find their own way home mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way no certainly not and that that's one of the um the great tests that um we encounter on the path and uh uh this this uh, particular rule um where um number 4 number 4 <coughs> wearing a hood uh, <coughs> which veils and uh which hides his face from others um the hood is a very ancient symbol. It's offered, um, it indicates that the wearer of this hood has uh, much knowledge and wisdom. You know, the hood is given at uh, graduation ceremonies. Oh, that's true. The hood, uh, you know, you get your degree and you get your your hood, which you wear on your back, Mm -hmm. which is another uh, symbolic way of saying that the, the knowledge is there, but it's not held up in front of you as a um, as a, a barrier <coughs> or as a disguise, and uh, so That's interesting. He, he wears it on his back, but he does not hide his face, mm-hmm. and uh, it indicates the art of possessing knowledge and wisdom and carrying it where others cannot see it because it is upon your back, but because they face you, they see what you are emanating, mm-hmm. see what comes through you. In other words, all this knowledge comes through you. That's the only use of it, isn't it? Right. And that's that's another of the lessons that one has to learn, that you don't acquire knowledge just for the sake of knowledge, because that's mm-hmm. simply a more acquisitiveness, maybe not in the it's physical a sense. A kind of materialism, yeah. in a way. It's, yeah. it's acquiring knowledge, but knowledge has to be used and to, to be used wisely. And shared. And lovingly, mm-hmm. right. Another uh, connotation of that rule that uh, one cannot wear a hood or a veil which hides his face from others has to do with the effect of light on the path. That, um, well, I've always been struck by how many people say of themselves, I'm a nice person, I'm a nice guy. And they say it so innocently and so confidently and I always wonder, how can you say that? How can you claim that for yourself? Isn't that a recognition that's bestowed by those around you? How can you just assume that you're a nice person? It's as if they've never really taken a look at what's going on in their heart. Because most of us are a mixture of light and dark for a very long stretch of the way. But I think those who just assume they're such a good guy are not really aware of some of the unredeemed aspects of their character and one of the effects of the spiritual path is that this light that we seek we want light on our way we want to know where we're going we want to understand more see more of the meaning of life well the first revelation is we see more of ourselves. the light shines 
on ourselves and reveals that which is not yet redeemed. It shows we are a work in progress. And it's not meant to cause us suffering, but simply to show what remains to be done. And I don't know if people really take that into account when they set out on the path, that the light will awaken a realization of a lot of work to be done. And that's where the taking the position of the observer, which is mm-hmm. the position of the soul, in looking at all of these faults, because that's what the light reveals, so many faults, and we're appalled by all the stuff that we're still carrying around, all the baggage. Mm-hmm. And um, so all this baggage has to be jettisoned, left behind, <coughs> and uh, that that's uh, not an easy thing to do. Well, it results in humiliation, I think, for the sensitive soul. And yet, it isn't humiliation that is the point, but humility, which is an adjusted sense of right proportion, Alice Bailey said. And I love that uh, definition. Humility is an adjusted sense of right proportion, so that we understand ourselves and all others with more of a balanced view of the complexity of the human makeup. Not that we condemn others or ourselves, but that we also see see them and ourselves more accurately. That's all. Accuracy. Mm. Another rule is also interesting. Each pilgrim on the road must carry with him what he needs, a pot of fire to warm his fellow men, a lamp to cast its rays upon his heart and show his fellow men the nature of his hidden life a purse of gold which he scatters not upon the road but shares with others, a sealed vase wherein he carries all his aspiration to cast before the feet of him who waits to greet him at the gate, a sealed vase. Well, we can probably realize that these rules are very obscure, but they hold deep truths in them. Right, these are <clears throat> what you just read from Rule 5 were uh, called the accoutrements of the road. And uh, these are the things that um, each disciple has to carry, the, the pot of fire, the lamp, and the purse of gold, and uh, uh, in some other rules there's also uh, a staff and uh, the golden voice and so forth. And so all of these are things that not to be taken literally, of course, you don't, it's, it, but it's the symbolic of what each uh, disciple should hmm. um, should carry with him. They're metaphors, aren't they? The final rule, the pilgrim as he mm-hmm. walks upon the road must have the open ear, the giving hand, the silent tongue, the chastened heart, the golden voice, the rapid foot, and the open eye which sees the light. He knows he travels not alone. These all refer to the basics of non-criticism, right speech, harmlessness, generosity, sharing, inclusive consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's 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 all of those, and it's uh, the um, uh, what was I going to say? The pot of fire is an evidence of the activity of uh, uh, of the mental nature, and. Um, or represents the life aspect, the purse of gold, and uh, go ahead. Well, the purse of gold is an interesting one. The treasures that each of us can contribute to the to the upliftment of all humanity. Each of us has a purse of gold, and that's what the whole point of the path is, to discover 
what our little contribution to the whole is. Please take advantage of our special offer from Lewis's Publishing Company, and that's the uh, book upon which the sh- this show is based. Uh, it's, it's called uh, The Golden Thread. It's by Natalie Banks, a longtime student of Alice Pelly. Discount comes in the form of free shipping and handling. It's only six, handling, uh, it's only six dollars. And uh, it's a wonderful book. You'll find a lot more out about the ancient wisdom that we're speaking about today. Uh, also, if you'd uh, like to key in our website, you certainly may do so. And here, previously archived library of our radio shows. It's www.lucistrust.org. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.